Welcome to Thrones and Scones. It's your weekday morning podcast where we talk Game of Thrones over breakfast on this Thursday. It's Tony Ons and Jeremy in with you hitting season two, episode nine, Blackwater. Nobody has that accent in the show. I don't know where it came from. Blackwater and <laughs> spinach artichoke cheddar. Lots of firsts. This is like the first episode where we really get like this basic epic mini movie and it's our first savory scone. I feel like everything is perfect. Bring on the savory scones. My world has just expanded, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think we've actually been looking forward to this episode a while because it's kind of the last three with, uh, maybe four with Stannis kind of planning his, his return to kingdom, if you will. And, uh, this has just so many good scenes, and I know we're going to get right into that, but let's just say I am almost merely most impressed with with Tyrion's just, like, badass armor ready to go. I don't remember if he wore the same armor when he was fighting the, with the Wildlings. I don't remember that. I don't know if it was the same one yeah, or not. Well, similar enough. Doesn't really so matter. This one's shiny. It is very shiny. I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess this was made for him, and the first time... He probably just got whatever he could get. Right, right. That would—that's what would make sense in my head because nobody knew he was going to be fighting, but perhaps not. Yeah, because I don't remember if he carried the uh, the dual edge axe either. Did he? I don't know. He didn't get any fighting done. He got knocked <laughs> the, fuck out the fuck out immediately. So redemption yeah. is what I called this episode for Tyrion, which I think is pretty pretty obvious. So if if you don't know about Blackwater, here is the plot on the old wiki, uh, just brief as hell. Tyrion and the Lannisters fight for their lives as Stannis' fleet assaults King's Landing. And that's it. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> A lot happens in this episode, but um, th- this is the first episode where we do not change locations. I mean, the most we get is we see Stannis' point of view, and then we see the like the kingdom's point of view, the Lannister side. But that's it. Uh, Arya at Harrenhal, we forget all about that for an episode. Uh, dealing with everything above the wall, we forget all about that for an episode. And we really just kind of narrow in and focus down. And my God, what a freaking epic, I almost want to say conclusion. We're not quite done with the season yet, but this is a dope episode, straight up. Yeah, I think it might be my favorite episode yet of all of uh season one and season two so it's so very good um i don't I, I honestly have no idea where to start so i'm gonna go ahead and just because i do like so much about it, i'm gonna start with my least favorite thing uh and that is that the mood of this episode is great the mood the way that they captured everything inside the city inside stannis's fleet i thought was awesome the dichotomy between davos and his son is great um The hound going through his mental stuff is really, really cool. But I don't feel at all, and they've had so much time to just sit around and do it, I don't feel like they did a great job of leading up to this mood. Like, they've mentioned it, that they're preparing the city for a siege, but it didn't feel like it. Like, it got so dire today. Cersei's ready to kill herself and her son uh, at the end of this episode. But did you guys get that feeling leading up to this, that they're, like, concerned more than a little bit? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's weird because, like, in the last episode, Tyrion's reading about how to defend the city, we have some of his planning with uh, with a dragon fire, but there is really nothing else. Like there is no other increasing the guard. How are we going to prepare for like them 
coming over the walls. Like none of that is really mentioned in this. And I agree. It's kind of like everyone knows it's coming and then suddenly it's here and they're like, Oh, we're all going to die. Except, you know, we have this one shot, which I don't know. There's really no communication of whether or not he explains what he plans on doing with the dragon fire versus just throwing it over the walls. Like they plan on doing. Right. And he doesn't even like, you can tell it's done for dramatic effect for us. When Joffrey's like, why, where's our fleet? Why aren't we doing this? And he's like telling the archers to fire. And Tyrion's like, no, hold, hold. Like if they just decided to listen to the King instead, the whole plan would be screwed. (laughs) That shit would have exploded like, you know, inches out and would have caused an explosion, probably damaged the kingdom more than Oh, hell yeah. And I might just to, just to throw it out there because I don't, I don't want to beat around it. That explosion. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy yeah, shit. Pretty badass. Although, do you really get an appreciation for how, I mean, yeah, the explosion is, is large, but do you get how, like, it burns through everything? Because I don't think it really does that justice, that it would, like, melt skin and kind of, like, how essentially I mean, just... People, people are melting. Yeah. We saw, <laughs> some, the, we saw some active melting, I think. I don't know. And the water was on fire, which I think is like a pretty good. Which is pretty awesome. Which is pretty awesome. Um, this is what I imagine. You know, there's like that crashed, crashed ship in the Little Mermaid. Uh, this is what I imagine happened in that scene. You know, just in the Disney universe, there was this this boat with a bunch of wildfire on it. Triple, triple wildfire. Yeah. Triple. And and then yeah, thirty years later, Ariel, look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? <laughs> Same, same universe. <laughs> same universe. <laughs> oh, but but tell me, tell tell me about some of your favorite parts, guys. What'd you love? Uh, what'd you maybe even dislike about this episode? Yeah, let me let me. Uh, I'll also because again, like I said, probably my favorite episode of the of the series yet. So let me start with my least favorite. Varys and Tyrion are talking to each other, <laughs> and uh, and Varys says, "There's some." They're talking about some other stuff and and everything, obviously. But then Varys says. I don't think I've told you how I was cut. And then Tyrion goes, no, you haven't. And then, and then you're all, okay. They kind of pause. like give you a little pause for a minute. And you're thinking, Oh, nice, nice. And then, uh, Varys goes, well, one day. And then he get, get another little pause thinking he's going to start the story. And then he goes, one day I will. And then we don't get the story. Like why even put that in there? <laughs> it's something for Tyrion to live for, you know? <laughs> He's got to he's got to survive the war so that he can come back and find out how Varys was cut and if it was everything or just something. There's wondering to be done. Like what? But I'm but seriously, kind of like what a dick. (laughs) Don't bring it up if you you brought it up, not me. Why aren't you gonna tell me the story? (laughs) It's true. Tyrion's been very nice this whole time. He hasn't asked about it. He's been courteous. (laughs) And yeah, if you're gonna if you're just gonna forego that information there. Don't pull back. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. There was there was cringe. Speaking of cringe, uh, and we talked about it a little earlier in the season, the Hound's a little weird right now. A little yeah, odd. Thank you. That's, that's actually mine. Because um, it's good and bad. I think it's an awesome part of the battle when he's out there just, like, wrecking people. But he also yeah. has, like, you know, when he walks away, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So this is the thing that tips you? You do and stand by all this weird shit that, you know, Joffrey tells you to do and you just keep doing it for whatever reason. But this is the moment you decide, oh, nope, I'm done. A little bit of fire in front of me and I'm walking away. Well, I think I didn't the, him walking away didn't necessarily bother me too much, especially because I think he he just assumed that they were going to lose. Like he saw the fire that obviously like 
messed with his psyche a bit. And then, uh, and then based, based on everything else in the episode, we obviously don't realize until the end, it looks like they're losing. I mean, it looks like Stannis yeah. is going to win. And I think he was like, well, you know, he's, he basically, well, he says it, it's, it's not, he wasn't like, he flat out says, you know, fuck the king, fuck, or fuck the king's guard, fuck the king fuck the city <laughs> he says it much he says it he says it much much nicer fuck than that. the police <laughs> fuck the police yeah but, he just uh, bounces i yeah i thought i thought they would they set him up leaving fine it was more of the beginning of the episode when bronze chilling out with uh with the pre-war whore yeah, and yeah. uh he just comes in and and just is like you you love killing it's the thing you love it's the thing i've been saying for two episodes now for no for no reason and uh, do you want to have a fight right here before this war? Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, that's uh, that's where I lost him a bit too. I didn't know what what he was going on about there. Yeah. He's he's had a couple he's had a couple just all of a sudden super intense monologues about how everyone <laughs> loves killing. Uh, he does but, have he does have my yeah. favorite quote of the episode though. <laughs> Uh, is my, it fuck the police no well he's got two that's a good quote but even better <laughs> when they're when they're leaving the gate he says any man dies without a clean sword i'll rape his fucking corpse <laughs> you think he would hold true to that i, I mean well he was dragging a open. couple people back and you're like what are you doing with those guys <laughs> but i mean really if you're dead i mean i feel like that's worse for him than the corpse i don't <laughs> i'm not really sure <laughs> I'm What's not really the hell sure, doing like... over there? It's getting busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll show our, him. Yeah. Our, our soldiers were not very uh, very well prepared. He's going to be out there for a while. Well, <laughs> well, I think in the first scene, right, doesn't he push one of his soldiers into someone's sword? Like, almost at oh, yeah. when he walks out. So that hey. guy's getting a little, a little loaded later. <laughs> Maybe he had his eye on that one. <laughs> He's like, whoa, 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 pretty boy, come here. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and we uh, play you fate right, right here. You stand right in front of me. <laughs> you stand, stand right here. <laughs> oh, he does uh, He does cut multiple heat people in half in this episode yeah. as well. That's Yeah, that's impressive. Just straight in half, armor and all, done. Um, oh, God, it was dope. The fighting in this is so well done. This is the first, because we've, we've talked about it before, they've had a couple fight scenes that like are cool for what they are, but choreography-wise, leave a little you know more to be desired. This whole episode is just jam-packed of crazy action. You see a dude's head get squashed in by a rock. Like you, you feel the tense, the tensity, <laughs> the tension when they're like bringing the battering ram up and everything. When Tyrion comes out and cuts that dude's oh, leg off, dude, <laughs> he like pulls a badass like Mortal Kombat finish him when he takes the leg and the guy falls as he's bringing Yak down on top of him. Like for someone who's never battled, Tyrion's just like, I killed that dude after you know the whole shield death thing. That was awesome. <laughs> No, I mean, I think I think Tyrion does a good job. I mean, it, it was uh, I I don't I think the pace actually in the battle itself went pretty well because you do good. get a sense and they kind of come back and forth. Um, you get the weird, you know, Cersei and Sansa where she's like mothering slash making fun of her, making her really uncomfortable with the future rapiness of the show. Yeah, you know, like I think Cersei definitely thinks she's gonna die because she's like drunk and she's just like. She seems doomed, and she's just letting shit spill and having a good time. 
Uh, you, it's weird. Yeah, what do you think her... So this isn't the only episode, because we get a lot of it, too, and maybe it's just to drive the story. Who knows? Uh, but let's get your thoughts on this. What do you think Cersei's obsession is with Sansa? Because, I mean, she, like, multiple times, Sansa's kind of minding her own business, and Cersei, like, pulls her over again, gives her some monologue or some chat, and it's just, like, she constantly... You can tell Sansa doesn't really want to talk to her. But yeah. she and, and there's plenty of other women in there. There's plenty of other people Cersei could be talking to, people she probably knows better. And But she continues to just, like, keep Sansa by her and talk to her. Any thoughts on that? I think she has this thing with Sansa Stark from the very first episode of the show where Sansa exudes this uh, innocence, and she just loves kind of wearing that down yeah. in, uh, in, in much more, I, I won't say subtle, but, like, much more verbal ways than Joffrey would or less, less aggressive to an extent, I suppose. Um, but I think she just kind of gets joy out of watching her wriggle and, uh, try and try and squirm her way out of it. And I think also she's look, I've been through that. I've been on the other side of that. I know what that did to me, that whole innocence losing it. And then the misery I lived with my King and the kids. And she's like, you know what? Skip all that shit. No, from the beginning, I know you hate Joffrey. Yes, we all. He's an asset. Have kids. Take care of your kids. Fuck the rest. Yeah. Like, don't be so weak. And I think that's what bothers her so much about Sansa, as she comes up so weak to her. Yeah. Well, she's gonna. She's essentially being thrown into this position that Cersei has already been in. And I think there's part of it where she like wants to see Sansa do better, yeah. and part of it where she's relishing in the fact that she knows she won't. Yeah, and Jeremy, actually, you make a good point. I think you said. Uh, one of the things she she base you're paraphrasing obviously a little bit, but one of the things she says is "fuck the rest," uh, and you can even take that literal because she does say your best weapon is between your legs. It's <laughs> so, true, you know, maybe been dropping and, uh, a lot of f bombs this episode. Yeah, and I know that she also doesn't. I mean, she never specifically. I think this one says, you know, marriage equals love, kind of thing. You know, like you know, she's like, yes, you, your king is your king, but that doesn't mean you have. That doesn't have to be the relationship you focus on, right? You're going to love your yeah. children's. There's no mention of loving Joffrey, really. Yeah, well, she does say, she says, I think at one point, like, Sansa, and this could be even the last episode, but she's like, shouldn't I love Joffrey? And Cersei goes, you can try. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, you can try. Good luck. <laughs> we've we've been watching the show. Good good luck. Yeah. And, uh, yeah well, I guys, she, she said it multiple times. She loves him with all her heart. Oh, yeah. yeah, you might just survive us yet, Sansa. Um, by the way, Sansa, still kind of technically a prisoner. Like, she is definitely not allowed to leave the city. I assume she can't just leave, like, the Red Keep. However, she's been brought into Megger's Holdfast, this safe area. Illyn Payne is there to kill these women if Stannis breaches the gates. And yet, she's just allowed to bail. After the queen leaves, she's just like, eh. And the guards are like, all right, Sansa, right this way, blah, 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 blah. And she just leaves and goes back to her room? That's it? I feel like that wouldn't be allowed. Yeah, he just, and I like how there's like just literally how you explained it. No big deal. Let's uh, let's have this dialogue in the room for a little bit. And then mm-hmm. it's just like, fuck you people. I'm going to go kill my son. Um, you know, he's like, oh, well, I'll just kill all these other women. Or maybe I'll just rape all these women. You don't really get an idea of where his mind is right now. Just yeah. there quietly the entire time. Could they? I mean, they couldn't get a just creepier looking dude, though. <laughs> than the guy who plays Ellen Payne. How funny. Yeah, he's, he's dope. He's and then, of course, you know, the uh, we get that pending doom. We 
we watch the transition. We watch um, the cousin get injured in battle. Does he take like a an arrow? Or does he get stabbed? I can't remember. He takes an arrow to yeah. like the below shoulder, right? And then just essentially turns back around, trying to essentially back to the woman folk where he belongs, um, and says, "Hey, he's <laughs> like, hey, uh, we're we're losing, kind of. Freaking, it's probably not going to go well." And then, Lancel. yeah, and then Cersei's like, "All right, well, go get go get Joffrey because I can't have." We think, you know, maybe she's trying to get him out of the, out of the city. I don't remember. Like, I know Tyrion learns like the way out of the city, but does the rest of them have that conversation? I don't remember that episode. You're referring to Cersei and them? Yeah. No. Like Tyrion has an escape route. But that's more for Shay, right? No, like, yeah. That's what he's I, thinking. Yeah. Well, Tyrion leads all the the that whole garrison out of one of the escape routes, so they come out behind Stannis's. Yeah. 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 But I, I don't remember, like, and it's funny, so why why do, why does Cersei plan on her and her son dying when they have that ability to escape? I thought that was, like... An, an I don't think she knows about she, it. Yeah, she doesn't know. No, okay. And you would think she yeah. would know about that, seeing how she's been queen and been there. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Also interesting, you know, maybe not something we'd expect. Uh, Joffrey, a coward? <laughs> are are we saying a little bitch has been hiding in him the whole time? <laughs> what? And, I can't believe it. And you know, with all his obsession with the crossbow, doesn't bring that with him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great point, actually. <laughs> that's like no the crossbow one weapon found. that he like masturbates with. So I'm yeah. pretty sure he's ready with this thing. <laughs> he doesn't want to be. A, he doesn't want to be fully torqued the whole battle. <laughs> <laughs> it was all gunked up. He was actually having it cleaned at the moment. It was uh, it was too jammed. Um, yeah, it's it's so ridiculous. Speaking of escape, real quick, um, do you guys remember? It might have been in the season one recap when we were talking about Sansa Stark, and I said that uh, Sansa has these moments where it's pretty obvious what she should do, and then she doesn't do it, and it pisses me off. Yep. Here's the first one of those: where why the hell? Wouldn't she go with the hound? Cause he's scared. Cause she's a little freaked out of it. Like she thinks the city's gonna get sacked and she might get raped or murdered. Like really, and I don't he, buy it. And he really hasn't done anything to her. If anything, he's protected her on multiple accounts. Multiple. So why is she not? Yeah, I don't get it. He's she. Yeah, she even thanked him. I think the whole reason that they're setting it up is because when she did go and thank him, he's like a fucking love killing, and uh, <laughs> so she's a little freaked out from that one conversation. But yeah, <laughs> but I mean, he is absolutely the least of all evils in this scenario. So I don't get it. That, he that should, he's shown too. more loyalty to protecting her than anyone else has. Yeah, mm. and then of course uh, at the end, we think King's Landing is going to fall. I do have one more little thing. Stannis gets on top of the walls pretty quickly, but like Tyrion and Pod and all of them are up above that gate that they're trying to ram down, and we don't see Stannis come near them ever. So did they go to a totally different part of the gate to try and climb? I, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't that, know. But... Where, like when they're pulling him back after Tywin comes yeah. in, like I don't know yeah. where he is in the city. Because they're like, I'll leave it. We've lost, and you're like, right. But you're in the city, so have you lost? <laughs> so you're gonna, you're gonna yeah. get back in those rowboats and row all the way out, and you think you'll be okay? Like, I was a little lost by that because yeah, they get he, they get up there on that wall really fast, but then they're still trying to batter the gate down, which makes sense to get more people in. But apparently, I mean, that wall is obviously connected to that back room behind the gate. Yeah, because that's how it's not like Tyrion and them went outside, climbed some ladders to get up on their <laughs> wall. So how are they not just going from the the wall to behind the gate and getting that big group. True. I don't know. I think there's a little would, 
the episode's bad and badass enough that it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but yeah, Again, I'm, it's I'm not super bothered by it. Through a really solid show. So it yeah. What do you guys good. think of uh, of the whole uh, Tyrion hype speech before the battle when Tyrion says he's going to lead Oof. him? It was good. dope. It was a it was a great speech, and it was just like it was one of those like Daenerys always has these speeches that um, some of them are good, some of them fall a little flat, but the tone is always the same, like very epic, very grandiose. Um, Tyrion's he he knows the situation. He's like, nah, li- hey, listen, yeah, you're not gonna get any glory. Uh, don't ask for gold. You're not gonna get any. But if they break into the city, you know, you're, they're gonna burn your house. They're gonna rape your wives. Um, th- these are these are good people out there. Let's go kill them. <laughs> and uh, and it's it's a good moment. It's really cool, especially that's right after the the whole Joffrey kind of cowardy thing, and you're starting to see everything fall apart. And uh, oh, it's a good moment for Tyrion. And yeah. then he almost gets his face cut in half. <laughs> yeah, which was pretty awesome. I mean, that another oh. good scene. Did yeah. you see uh, that coming at all? I mean, I know obviously we know what's coming at this point, but. Yeah. Initially, the first the first time, definitely not. I was so confused. I remember, even this time, I ha- I kind of forgot that that happened, and then I had to kind of take a second look because I was like, oh wait, wasn't that wasn't that his side of things? Yeah, right. Yeah, so because there was a lot Sir- going on, and and some of the I will say I know there was some color differences, but even in the fight, like a lot of the armor looked the same. But kind yeah. of remember, he looks up and realizes it's coming, doesn't he? Doesn't the guy yeah. like, doesn't the does, guy, like yeah. kill someone and shove him out of the way, and then like, like kind of like square up against him before he cuts his face? I think it's actually so. It's uh, it's Sir Mandon Moore, which I think George R. R. Martin was just a big Mandy Moore fan and wanted to figure out how to pay tribute to her. So Sir right. Mandon Moore, I think he's being attacked, and Tyrion like takes the guy that's attacking him down, and he like nods to the guy. And then the guy reels back, and he's like, "Whoa!" And he he backs up, and yeah, and then Pod goes goes ham with the spear. Oh yeah, that was a pretty badass. Killing him through the dome. And of course, Tywin Lannister and the Tyrell forces saving the day at the very end here. I I want to pose a question to you guys right now. So Tywin still comes and saves the day. Tywin's there, whatever. But the wildfire thing doesn't happen like that. And so they just kind of, you know, the battle basically does not go out with any of the wildfire, and it would have been a typical navy battle that leads onto the beach, as Stannis was expecting. Who do you think wins? Like, was it the wildfire that did the bulk of the work, or was it Tywin that was the ultimate, like, ex machina of the day? See, I think without wildfire, that would have been a coin flip. Without Tywin coming, obviously, Stannis takes the city, takes the throne pretty easily. With yeah, Tywin in... Even with Tywin, I think Stannis thinks he can't, especially if he gets the city before Tywin gets there, he then has that to kind of defend as well. Um, sure. Because again, that the, we, we don't get an idea of time, of course, with this battle. But the siege happened pretty quickly, despite his forces being absolutely decimated by that. And I think he's able to take True. the city pretty quickly. And once he's in the city, it's like I think it's a, it's much easier for him. I mean, because the the, the forces that are def- that he's fighting against seems pretty small already. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I know we know Stannis has a pretty huge army, and I know that they even say that their numbers, you know, greatly outnumber the Lannisters' army. But I don't remember how much. Uh, how many soldiers Tywin has? I don't. I don't know if they mentioned that ex- exactly or not. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. I would still think Stannis's fleet and everything. If 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 those ships weren't obviously 
a majority of his ships blown up. I would think. Uh, I tend to agree. I would think even Stannis might have the edge there, depending on when Tywin was able to get there. Because Stannis knows King's Landing too. They they make a point yeah. to say that. So just like Jeremy's saying, if they even could get an edge and and you know get behind the walls or something before Tywin gets there, I think that's you know I think then odds are in their favor. On the smaller scale of things, if at the beginning of the episode things do pop off, the bells don't ring out right away, and the Hound and Braun were to come to blows, who do you got winning? That's a tough one. Yeah. I think they're pretty evenly matched, actually. I think, like he says, uh, Braun says, like, you know, I'm lighter, I'm quicker. But he realizes that the Hound, this isn't going to be the same battle that he had to veil. Like, he gets that the Hound is a seasoned fighter, knows how to wield his weapon effectively, and I think I think the uh, element of surprise. I think I think I think Braun actually uses that for his advantage in a lot of his battles. We've noticed that he that wants to be steps ahead. He knows maybe sword to sword he'll lose. And I think he I think if it's just straight swordsman, no really kind of like other thing to play for. I think the Hound beats him. Yeah, I think yeah. I would probably put my money on the Hound as yeah. well, narrowly, but it would be there. I think I would. I haven't seen Bronn cut anyone in half yet, and I've seen the Hound cut multiple people in half. Now, so. <laughs> yeah, and I love how he always point. goes for like his back dagger. Like he always goes for that first, like thinking, and I don't know if that's just like you know the whole I'll stab you when you like suspect it with my other with my offhand, but. Mm. I don't think the Hound has any worry. And I don't even remember the Hound. Does he ever even use a shield? I mean, no, I don't think so. When he's out, when he's out there, I don't remember if he uses a shield in the battle. He's got big old sword. Big old sword. Two hand claymore. <laughs> um, it was a, yeah, a dope episode all throughout. Does anybody have anything else that they want to hit on before we get to the dope baked goods? No, I don't think so. I guess only just to, just to, uh, for completeness sakes, round out the jugglies. Uh, oh, I think yes. our I think our only moment is the just just in that scene we were just talking about with Bron. Yeah. Yeah. The the pre-war whores as the, I've been the the, called the pre-war whores. Yeah, and she was she was she seemed fun, you know. Those, those were definitely. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh well, uh, of course, scones take good precedent here as well, and Hans has our first savory scone of the whole series thus far: spinach artichoke cheddar um we're still not certain that this isn't just a biscuit i guess but whatever uh hans what did you think so jeremy's been hyping up these savory scones uh so i figured i had to try one yeah uh, and did it's actually it my my, you... my first savory scone of my entire life um but i mean have you had a biscuit before i have so so it sounds yeah. like you've had a savory scone <laughs> and I, it was uh it was mediocre well, all right. If you would like to hit up our mediocre That's social media, you can find us at Thrones and Scones on the old Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Keep up with us, thronesandscones.com, and we will catch you tomorrow to end out season two for episode 10. You down with G-O-T? Yeah, you, you know, know me. me. The armor isn't particularly noticeable in the show, but in the books, it's more like it looks like an, a stag. Um, but Loris comes in to save the day and he's wearing Renly's armor and it's said in the books that like I think they're telling it from Stannis's perspective or something or maybe it's Tyrion who's on his way of passing out and he looks up and he just sees what he thinks is the ghost of Renly Baratheon coming to cut down uh, the bannerman like there's this whole mysticism behind everything um, which I think is kind of cool in the books 
but I, it might be harder to do on screen. And again, I, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I it. completely wouldn't have known that was the armor unless I read the yeah. books, right? Like that that right. scene is kind of lost. That other than just you know we know it was coming. Yeah, yeah. We just it was, and it wasn't. It was just kind of a surprise and a quick too, turn. Wasn't it wasn't. It, it wasn't it pretty quickly. Well, they don't even show any fighting. Really, they just show Tywin and them all walking in and say, "We've won." Well, they do. Is there's that guy on the as Tyrion's fading out. There's this guy on the on this white horse who's coming in, and it's oh, horse, yeah, and he's kind of cleaning up. Okay, but uh, yeah, which actually in the books as well, it's not even Loras. It's his brother who is not a character in the show. Interesting, just kind of cut, which I think makes sense. Uh, he's not really relevant to anything. But. Oh fuck, my my voice is so destroyed right now as well. Like it might it might crack out here at some point during the episode. <laughs> Um, so I know that you guys have very important, like medical related things to do at work. You guys are saving lives and you're, you're helping people with their very pertinent issues. Uh, at work right now, me and a coworker are currently having a kids bop parody off, uh, which is basically the same, the same level of, uh, of intensity. Definitely. We've, we've done it before. Every time like a new kids bop album comes out, we'll just take one of the songs that they have done and then do it better like because we'll just do it as it would actually relate to kids because they're just changing the cuss words and kids still don't know anything about the song closer by the chain smokers so we got to fix it yeah i mean and so this this one um i did i did uh what's it called this is me from the greatest showman did you guys see the movie no i have not is it good the movie i haven't seen the movie either yeah. okay. but uh but the song was really popular and it was on the album but it's like this woman's song, and it's a ballad. It's high. And the problem was, it's supposed to sound like this cool anthem thing. And there's this part in the second verse that's like super high falsetto thing. Like, like I'm not going to do it because I'd have to be very loud in my apartment right now. But um, it, sounds, it sounds dope. And if I take the song down a, a notch or two, it does not sound dope. Like, it just hits wrong in my range. I can't quite do it. And so it's got to be that high, the whole song. But... I'm trying to sound like a child, so I kind of have to be nasally and stuff. And so I, I had to go in after everyone left work last night and just scream the song to, to get it out. Um, and I've, I've totally ravaged my throat by doing it. And um, feels good. Feels really good. But I'm going to win, so it's, uh, it doesn't matter.